Morning, everyone. Yes, it's good to get some voices, see some faces coming back at you, rather than just the camera. But hello, camera. Hello, online. Good to see you. Good to be with you. Um, We thought we'd do something slightly different this morning and preach first and then respond to the the preach in sung worship. Um, But first, um, sorry I couldn't be with you at the family meeting. Um, We were... We were away um, celebrating being officially old. Just get this to the picture. Good, good to hear a cheer for me or West Ham. I'll take either. Um, not West Ham, no, I know. It's the first West Ham I've been able to cheer for 40 years. So, um, Do you know, there's an interesting story about this top because this comes from some very dear friends of ours as a birthday present. And um, they're ardent Norwich supporters. And it kind of struck me that actually one of the things the gospel does is reconcile um, people in a way the world cannot, which sounds a bit silly and a silly example. But actually, I know people that would rather have their left arm chewed off than buy an Arsenal shirt for a sport. Seriously. I mean, seriously, they would kill for a... Uh, and, and his dear friends brought me this um, West Ham shirt. So I just thought, actually, it's a great picture of the reconciliation of the gospel, that actually we are one new man, one new person in Christ. And actually, that has real traction in life, and it should do. So... Um, but I sorry I couldn't be there um, for the family meeting. And just um, before I start preaching, I want to go slightly unscripted, um, which always draws a, a sharp intake of breath, and, and, and lend a public note of support, encouragement, well done for the elders. Waving at Mike Betts, there, Mike Betts there, Mike Bollinger, um, and, and Vincent Ben. I just want to thank them for Sunday night. I've had a, a look at it, I had a tune in um, afterwards. I just want to thank them for their honesty, for their care, and for their humility, and for their courage um, in leading the church. It's no easy thing being an elder. That's why the Bible says don't rush into it. You know, this is, this is a big deal before God. And I just saw that and thought, actually, I'm so grateful for guys of good character that will lead us in humility and courage before God. So um, I hope you're encouraged by Sunday night. I couldn't be there. I'm sorry I couldn't be there, but I just want to say a big well done. You have my full support. Um, I'm just so grateful for you guys. So, um, Which is not what I'm preaching about. I wanted to say that because it's important. So this morning, um, we are following, continuing our Gentle and Lowly series. There we go. Um, we are on chapter um, called Why the Spirit. And our anchor verse this morning is this um, from John fourteen sixteen. I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper, i.e. the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to speak for long this morning. Yes. Thank you, Benjamin. Because um, I didn't think I had a lot to say but. Hopefully it will be short and punching and we can respond to it because I think it's a big deal. And this morning we are talking about the Holy Spirit, which might seem a bit odd in a series about Jesus because this book is really about Jesus. Gentle and lowly, the heart of Jesus Christ for sinners um, and sufferers. We've been hearing about his heart of love for us, that Jesus sympathizes with us. He deals gently with us and that Jesus is gentle and lowly. I think, well, why are you talking about the Holy Spirit? And it struck me that we mustn't, uh, what we mustn't do in this series about Jesus, being gentle and lowly and all that other stuff, is imply that the other two members of the Trinity, so Father, Son and Holy Spirit, we mustn't imply um, that they're a bit different. 
you know, Jesus is gentle and lowly. He's, he loves us and he's kind to us and, um, and all that other stuff we've been talking about. But the Father, well, he's awesome and powerful, but yeah, he's a bit remote and dangerous. And, and the Holy Spirit, well, he's like a ghost, um, a bit ghost-like. He can be scared away if you're not careful. He's like the dove from above. We can call him down. We need to be careful that we don't make that kind of, um, uh, that, give that impression. You see, Jesus tells us in John 17 that what's in his heart is in the Father's heart and in the Spirit's heart and vice versa. Yeah? Um, They're in step with one another, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So when you hear all this stuff about Jesus, it is a big deal. But don't think, oh, the Father is different, the Holy Spirit's different. No, no, they're in step with one another, and that's really, really important. Or Thomas Goodwin um, puts it like this. In his very old language, Jesus being manifest in the flesh expresses and utters what was but in the heart of all three. In other words, Jesus is God in human form. He simply reflects what is in the heart of the Father and the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So that's my, uh, 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 that's my reason for talking about the Holy Spirit this morning. And this week, um, we're going to think about how the heart of Christ, so all the stuff we've been talking about in the weeks beforehand, relates to the Holy Spirit. So, what does the Holy Spirit do? Now, if you're doing your kids' work, there may be some trigger words that I'm meant to say, and hopefully I'll remember to say at least some of them. Um, so what does the Holy Spirit say? Well, the first thing is the Holy Spirit, what does he do? Sorry, he regenerates us. That means we go from not knowing um, God to knowing God, from being dead in our sin to being alive in him. So the Holy Spirit regenerates us. He convicts us, so he lets us know about our sin. But he also helps us to, and what um, some theologians dramatically call, to kill sin. Helps us to turn away from sin. So we know about our sin, we turn away from sin. He gives us the power to overcome that, yeah? Um, He gives us gifts. Um, He testifies, is what the Bible says, in our hearts that we are children of God. In other words, he helps us to know we're God's children. You can only know you're God's child through the Holy Spirit. You might think, well, I read it and I believed it. Well, actually, you only believed it because the Holy Spirit made you alive to that. Um, He transforms us into the image of Christ. That means the Holy Spirit is making us more and more like Jesus every day. Um, And he intercedes when we don't know what to pray. That means he steps in to help us when we think, actually, Lord, I have no idea what to pray. I'm on my knees here. The Holy Spirit steps in. That's his role. But we want to add another one this morning, which relates kind of directly to our series. The Holy Spirit causes us to actually feel Jesus' heart for us. So all that stuff about his heart in action, the happiness of Christ, that Jesus is able to sympathize. He can deal gently with us. Um, he saves us at the uttermost. He's gentle and lowly. The Holy Spirit causes us to actually feel Jesus' heart for us. So we don't just hear about Jesus, we see him. We don't just see him, we feel him. We don't just feel him, we enjoy him. So how does that work? It's great in theory, isn't it? Well, this morning, I want to tell you about the sun. 
I was hoping it was going to be very sunny this morning, but it's a bit overcast. Um, But you have to just imagine it's very sunny outside. This might help you to understand what the Holy Spirit does in helping us to um, know and feel and experience the heart of Jesus. So let me tell you a bit about the sun, some sun facts for you. The sun is massive. Did you know that the sun is so big you can fit, guys, 1.3 million Earths into the sun? So if you took this planet and times it by 1.3 million, that's how many would fit into the sun. It's so big. Here's another one. It pours out, the sun pours out 90 million one megaton bombs of energy every second. All right? That's more energy than humans have ever produced in the whole of history that pours out more than that every second. Here's another one. I like fun facts. Um, The sun's surface temperature is five and a half thousand degrees centigrade. That's enough to boil your mum's diamonds. And the core is 15 million centigrade. That's quite hot, isn't it? The sun's light and warmth travels, this is mind-blowing, six trillion miles per year. That's basically the sun's light would get from here to the moon in less than one and a half seconds. And in all the time I've been talking, the sun's light would have been going between here and the moon. That's how fast it is. The sun's power causes our seasons. It causes our oceans to rise and fall. It causes our weather and climate. Look at the sun, it will blind you. Without it, and temperatures in Antarctica probably drop to near minus 70 degrees centigrade. But with it, it helps us to grow um, and soak up vitamin D. I thought that was quite exciting. I'm a bit of a geek. Know the facts. They are important. The, The facts are important about the sun, aren't they? Yeah, If you don't know the facts about the sun, you might suddenly stare at it and go blind. Or you might not know when to, to, um, to harvest or to plant your crops, for example. You might not know, actually, I need to get outside to get some vitamin D. You need to know the facts. They make you amazed. Well, they make me amazed anyway. They make me a bit confused. 1.3 million Earths, how does that even work? They make me quite excited. God, you're, you're an amazing creator. And they make me want to know more. They, they kind of bring out a marvel, don't they? But here's the key point. Walk in that same sun that you've just heard about on a cloudless summer day. Not like today. Experience, just imagine it. Close your eyes, just experience the sun's warmth on your face. Enjoy that warmth Know personally that warmth. You know when you waited throughout winter and you go outside and the sun, you can feel the sun on your face. Suddenly, those facts come alive. I understand them in a fresh new way. They take on a, a completely whole new meaning to me. That's a bit like what the Holy Spirit does in the heart of Jesus. 
In the same way, the Bible shows us that we can know about Jesus. We can know facts about him. We can know the truth about him in our brains. And I would say we should know the facts. Actually, know your Bible. Super, super important. In fact, it's essential. But the Holy Spirit's job is then to wake us up to those facts, to bring alive us to those facts, to let, them, let us feel the warmth of those facts on our faces, as it were. Or as 1 Corinthians 2.12 says, we have received the Holy Spirit so we can know. That means understand, experience in a first-hand personal way the wonderful things <laughs> that God has freely given to us. That we might not just know them intellectually, apprehend them. We might not just know the love of Jesus in our heads and his heart towards us. But we might experience it like the warmth of the sun on our faces. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Bring you alive to the truth about Jesus' heart for us. Now, Jesus' earliest followers didn't understand this. And when Jesus told them, remember that bit he says um, in, in John 16, um, he says, I'm going to die and I'm going to go to heaven. And they go, oh, man, this is just the worst news, the worst news ever. You're with us and your heart's with us. And now, now you're going, oh, you know, life's over. They thought that Jesus leaving them meant Jesus' heart leaving them and it wouldn't be as good. But Jesus explains to them the Holy Spirit is the answer to that. As Thomas Goodwin describes, Holy Spirit will tell you nothing but stories of my love. And you will have my heart, even when Jesus goes to heaven, you will have my heart as surely and speedily as if I were with you. His warmth on your face. Practically, We're not necessarily talking about any particular experience you might have heard about in church. Kind of falling over or crying or tingly feelings. It might be one, some or none of those feelings. So I don't want you to hear this and be put off or worried or feel excluded. It's not about that stuff. It might include that stuff, but it might not. We're not necessarily talking about any particular emotion, although emotions are really important to God. We're talking about how for us who follow Jesus, the Holy Spirit causes our apprehension of his love to soar close to what it is. So that more and more we kind of, we get it, we get what it means for Jesus to love us. So that we feel more and more of his warmth on our faces. Or as Dane Ortland puts it in this book, the Holy Spirit turns the recipe of Jesus' love and Jesus being lowly and gentle from recipe into taste. Um, I want to invite the band up, actually. That's, that's all I've got to say. Short and sweet, hopefully quite sweet. Um, and I want us to respond to that. I want us to respond... And like I say, we're not expecting falling over or tingly feelings or anything. I want you to bear in mind, hold in mind some of the stuff we've been preaching on the last couple of weeks. 
Jesus' heart in action, his happiness um, about us, his ability to sympathize, his willingness to deal gently with us, um, his ability to save us to the uttermost, no matter what you've done, if you have Jesus as your Savior and Lord. He advocates us every single day at the Father's right hand. That he's a tender friend. And I want you to bear those things in mind. Let, let's, let's stand as we, um, as we come before Jesus. The Holy Spirit's job is to take that from our heads, as it were, to our hearts. If I can use that limited analogy. To fill the facts of who Jesus is and what he does. The nine million megaton explosions come over the sun, the 1.3 million earth that fit inside the sun. Take all those facts that Jesus has done and us to experience it as warmth on our faces because he is good. The Holy Spirit loves to reveal Jesus to us. That's what the Bible says. So let's taste. Let's feel the warmth um, together. He is good. God, over to you.